Welcome to Church Unscripted. Uh, this is a new thing we're trying here at Brookside, um, just to dive deeper into the sermon, uh, what we talked about the previous Sunday, and um, we're glad you're here. We gl- we're glad that you found us. Um, so if you find today's conversation helpful, I would love if you would hit the like button, smash the subscribe button, you know, all those things. Um, uh, but yeah, today we're here talking with John and Eric about this past week's sermon. Um, it was 1 Corinthians 12, and uh, two weeks ago, you told us that, you, that we have gifts. You informed us that we have gifts. And then this week, you kind of went into some of those gifts. Um, give us an overview of what those gifts are from 1 Corinthians 12. Like, Yeah, the, the list itself uh, can be found in, um, it's verse 7 through 11. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I can read them for you just to remind us, but I think it's, it's an important thing to say that I don't think this is an exclusive list of yep. spiritual gifts. And I don't want people to get hung up on that. Mm-hmm. If they look at the list and they're like, I don't know if any of those things really hit me hard. That might be a conversation point, but mm-hmm. it's not an exhaustive list. Yep. And so uh, based on 1 Corinthians 12, the list um, is the gift of wisdom. It's the gift of knowledge, the gift of faith. Uh, then there's healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing point between spirits, uh, and speaking in different kind of tongues. And you know, the first three are are kind of gifts that we all love to have. And there's not controversy with those, whatever or at all. It's it's the last set of the gifts that cause all kinds of issues mm-hmm. and kind of confusion. And I, I suggest that's probably what most people are thinking of mm-hmm. since Sunday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think what one thing I noticed as you were talking is I think either people often abuse these gifts or they neglect these gifts. Like it's, there's no happy medium and kind of where you landed is a happy medium. Um, John, what do you think about that? Like landing in the middle, like, well, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I, I think it's important to be open to any mm-hmm. spiritual gift and cautious about it as well. Um, like for example, you should be discerning it against scripture. It shouldn't be like, Oh, I'm going to go do this thing. Cause someone said to do it. Um, I think some of us, um, maybe it's just me, uh, at one point in our lives, watched some video like Benny Hen hitting people over the head and thought, ah, if that's healing, I don't want to have anything to do with it. Yeah. But the reality is scripture here says there is a gift of healing mm-hmm. and people can be healed. So mm-hmm. I'm going to believe that mm-hmm. until I die and I meet Jesus. But the reality is you have to find that middle ground mm-hmm. because part of that is how is the gift being used mm-hmm. Is it for the purpose of building up the church? Mm-hmm. Is it for the purpose of building up an individual? If it is, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, when I look at that, I, I just think of like the gifts that mm-hmm. we're scared of in that second half. I mean, Eric, I think you did a great job Sunday because I was a little scared. I'm like, where's it going with this? <laughs> and then afterwards I thought to myself, like, you really didn't say anything that was really like controversial. Yeah, you know? I kind of felt that way too. You kept saying you're gonna you're gonna be upset about this, or you're, you know, you're gonna wonder what church you're in or whatever. But I, and I was getting nervous too. But then I'm like, oh no, I think you, I think you handled it really well. And I think one of the points that you made at the end was that these spiritual gifts require spiritual maturity. So un, unpack that a little bit more. What does that mean? Does that mean that I can't have a spiritual gift if I'm not spiritually mature, or like what? 
unpack that yeah, a little bit th- more. Yeah, that, that's a great question. And I realized since Sunday that that's a point that I probably should have been more careful with mm-hmm. because that requires a lot more unpacking than the time I had to give it. So um, th- there's a couple of passages that I used to define what that maturity looks like. And one of them was 1 Corinthians 13, just mm-hmm. one chapter later. Uh, and that's it's all about love. Mm-hmm. And I think we mistakenly say that 1 Corinthians is the love chapter that we use for like marriages and stuff. And I think that applies, but <clears throat> I think it's a far greater implication on, on um, the maturity needed to use these gifts. So to answer your question, I think that once you're a believer, well, that, okay, forget I just said that. Okay. <laughs> once you are. <laughs> okay. And that'll go into a deeper conversation yeah, yeah, later. Yeah, and yeah. It, okay. So when the spirit gives you gifts, I think you have the option of abusing the gift or using it for Jesus' glory. I think you have the option of using it for the sake of other people or for yourself. If you're immature, then you're going to use whatever gift you have once you discover what it is to build your own kingdom, to set up your own kind of um, brand, whatever that is. And we see that happen all the time. The, the bad thing is that always comes back and bites you. Um, and it always is destructive, not just for you, but for people around you. So I'm not saying that you ought to hold off on your gift or neglect your gift until you are convinced that you are mature to love. But what I am saying is you have to evaluate. Um, I mean, for me personally, why am I preaching? Why am I a pastor? Am I a pastor so I can build my own kingdom, make a name for myself so I can write books and have deals and all that kind of stuff? Um, (laughs) Which that never seems to work out for people who do anyway, right? Wait, wait. Are you talking about being on Preacher Sneakers Instagram? Is that what you're trying to do? I'm just kidding. The, okay. I'm going to start my own brand. And Preachers and Sneakers has nothing on that. Okay. Yeah. No, it's, it's the, I, everyone just has to evaluate what's the motivation for using our gift. And we have to look at the fruit of it. It's, is it actually impacting other people for Jesus? Or is it just yes. making ourselves? Look, look important or, or Interesting. pretty. You, you mentioned the fruit of our gifts, right? Uh, do, you th- do you think that these, these lists of things uh, and the different gifts throughout Scripture, do you think they're tied closely to the fruit of the Spirit? Oh, man, I'm, I'm so glad you asked that. <laughs> you, you're laughing right now. Okay, I know you got a lot to say about this. Uh, this that, that question is, the answer I have to that question is one of the critical things that I learned since Sunday. Mm. Uh, Since Sunday, I've had daily conversations with people on the phone, through email, through text, with several people at at church about that very thing. And I've come to the conclusion, um, let me see if I can say this the right way. Um, Being empowered by the Spirit to perform for the Spirit is different than having fruit of the Spirit uh, because you are transformed by the Spirit. Uh, I'm not asking, that yeah. made a lot of sense in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it might've been confusing, but what I'm trying to say is there's a difference between being empowered and gifted um, that can actually have an impact. And there's a, uh, and that, and then also having fruit of the spirit mm-hmm. that shows that you are becoming more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, did I just, did I confuse you right there? No, or? no, no, you're good. I'm, I'm okay. trying to think of, um, like, I guess when I think of the gifts and I think of, so for instance, speaking in tongues, right? Yeah. If I'm in a scenario where uh, that's happening, I feel like the fruit of the Spirit's presence is that love, joy, peace, patience. So if I, if I don't feel peace, now it may be, this is where discernment comes in because it may be the Holy Spirit saying, you need to open your heart to this, but it may also be the Holy Spirit stirring up unrest in you saying this is not of the spirit. And so that's where that discernment comes in. Uh, what are your thoughts? 
what are my thoughts? Let oh, you just it. threw that one Let right me at me. Hear I, I will tell you this. When I, I do think there is a differentiation, but I think we might get to it later. But what's the last in the list of the fruit of the Spirit? It's the interpretation of tongues. Well, no, 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 no. In that one. In the fruit of the Spirit. But in the fruit, fruit of the Spirit. Of the spirit. Fruit of the spirit. I'm still in 1 Corinthians 12. Yeah, yes. see, we're just moving Sorry. around, man. I'm moving to Galatians. Yeah. You said fruit of the Spirit, so I'm looking uh, at this yeah, list. I'm like, the last one is self-control. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that that would be the last one that wraps up love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we don't have self-control, and that's when we use our spiritual gifts mm-hmm. for our glory rather wow. than God's. So we need we need to have some self-control and go, mm-hmm. is this it's there's a discerning process on two ends, mm-hmm. David. You mentioned on like when someone else is using their gifts, mm-hmm. it's like discerning whether this is from the Lord or not. Oh, wow. But then on the other end, it's a discerning process internally to say, hey, should I be using my gift right now? Is there a purpose for it right now? And I know that sounds like overthinking things to an extent, but I think mm. there are times where we say, oh, I can use this. And it's almost manipulation. It's not how the Holy yeah. Spirit functions, but we know we're good at something yeah. that the Spirit's allowed us to do. So, mm. I mean, so I, I look at that, that list of the fruit of the Spirit. I look at, you know, the last one, you, you mentioned the, the list in 1 Corinthians. It's like, there's there's the interpretation of tongues. Well, do we always need to use that? Do we need to use mm. it sometimes? Do we have yeah. self-control about that? Mm. I think we'll get to it in the, the other passage you mentioned Sunday that's really <laughs> dicey. I'm waiting for that. But I think the fruit of the Spirit has some connection to that mm. other passage as well because of how it's worded in mm. Matthew chapter 7. So, hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Good thoughts. Um, yeah, that's good. Um, so one of the, one of the things that you said also in one of your take at homes was that the, the spirit works in ways that we may not understand, but also in ways that we don't agree with. So as we're like, what does that look like? What, what does that, I mean, how do we know if it's the spirit or not? If we don't agree with it, how do, how do we, how do we kind of reconcile that thought? Yeah. So. Uh, That's good, man. <laughs> listen, I'm going to give this long of an answer, and then you can just run with it, okay? Are you uh, me? Why? Why <laughs> me? I didn't preach. You... I, I can tell you're just chomping at the bit oh, to oh, oh. dive into this. <laughs> right. So I, I would say the reason I said that is because um, so the Spirit works in ways that we don't understand, and that just seems to be the precedent of Scripture all yeah. over the yeah. Bible, and that there's no way you can actually nail down a certain pattern or rhythm to the Spirit's behavior. Yeah. And that's that's just kind of um, a part of his behavior personality, his nature is that he does what he wants to do. Now it's all according to the plan and purposes of God, right? right. But we're not always clued in on what he wants to do. But in terms of like what it means to say that I don't always agree with it, I would say it's because I come to the conclusion with a lot of lack of understanding. Mm-hmm. For example, I used, to, I used to think that there are certain gifts like tongues and healing and prophecy that were just completely dead. I was a full-time cessationist, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, anybody- well, Tell who, us what that means. What does cessationist okay. mean? Okay, cessationist means, you, no, you're good. A, cessationist means that the more uh, charismatic gifts of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. not wisdom, not knowledge, not faith, but tongues, healing, prophecy, miraculous powers, those things are done and that there is mm-hmm. some kind of a trigger throughout history that, that caused the Holy Spirit to stop gifting those things. Um, perhaps maybe the gift of healing is not necessary anymore because unlike 2000 years ago, we've got hospitals and medics and medicine that can do what 
the gift of healing mm. did 2,000 years ago. Yeah. That's one thing. Okay. Maybe the gift, okay. I just, all right, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that we understood that definition. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. But the reason that I might not agree with it, I would say is not because I think the Holy Spirit's wrong. It's because I just don't have the maturity or the understanding mm. of what that actually means. Mm. But I think that's, I think we have to come to grips with the fact that a lot of us might still be there that because we don't fully understand how the Holy Spirit works, we can come to conclusions prematurely um, and think we know more about the Spirit's behavior than we ought to say. So it it, kind of sounds like an arrogant thing to say, but I think it's reality. And we ought to be careful on how we say, this is what the Spirit's Mm -hmm. doing right now, uh, lest we put him in a box and prevent him from working in and through us. Yeah. You, you're nodding, so you. Guys, I'm just you nodding. I'm, I'm, I, well, I'm loving that because, in essence, when you said don't agree with, I think that potentially is an indicator of the spirit actually working. So let me take it another direction: mm. is when we don't agree with it, it possibly is because our own sinful desires, mm. and it's less like it's like you mentioned as far as the discerning process, feeling peace. Mm. I think in the using your gifts mm. on the other end, you probably sometimes are going to have to do really uncomfortable things Hmm. that are uncomfortable for you that are going to get you out of that box. When you exercise your gifts, you will feel uncomfortable at times. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Like, like, it's just like when you have, when you, when you feel, say you have the gift of prophecy and you Mm -hmm. want to speak, speak to someone about something and you're like, I really need to say this to someone, but I feel really uncomfortable and I don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. You know, like there is going to be that time or maybe, maybe it's another gift. Maybe it's a gift of knowledge and Mm -hmm. you're like, I want to use my gift, but I also don't want to sound like a know-it-all. So I'm just not going to use my gift. Mm -hmm. Well, the reality is God gave you a gift of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so you should use that for his glory. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's a measure of, you know, when we don't agree with something the spirit's doing, one, Mm -hmm. we have to ask two questions. We have to ask, is this of God? Mm -hmm. Or is this of something else that's mm. not of God? Yeah. And so if we ask, oh, it's of God, I just don't like it. Mm. That's that's a do wrestling you, point. Do you think that, um, as you were saying that, and this could get into a whole can <laughs> of worms, but do you think that um, not using your spiritual gift is a form of grieving the Holy Spirit? Which scripture says, Whoa. do not do that's, that. Uh, that is that's nice a very and, deep, yeah. but, I, but as you were saying that, I've just... Yeah. I'm just curious and wrestling with that because there's times. It depends time, on how you define grieving the well, Holy Spirit. Ta- well, yeah, but, yeah. but there's times when, when I may not be obedient to that. And is it, is it just growing? Is it, you know, kind of, I guess it goes down to your heart, but just something to, to well, process. I, I think there's a difference in when there's obedience in all things, not just with your spiritual gift. Mm. So like if you're using your spiritual gift yeah. for your purposes, mm. that's still like, grieving the Holy Spirit yeah. in essence. Um, I don't, I don't think God thinks of it in terms of like, Oh, there's a, there's a sliding scale of yeah, like how right. full your tank is of Holy Spirit yep. giftedness mm-hmm. or anything. I think God gives you and grants you a gift yeah. and then you're able to use it and exercise it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think also the Holy Spirit can develop that within mm-hmm. you over time. Um, like when I was born, I was a baby and People had to take care of me, but now I'm not. Mm. You know, scripture talks about being an infant spiritually and then being an adult yeah. or being mature. And so, mm. Eric, I'm not I'm still going back to your mature mm-hmm. like like your take home. It's like it does require spiritual maturity yeah. because that's everything that mm. encompasses what a spiritual gift is. Mm. There is some maturity with it. Um and you see people like try really hard to have a spiritual gift or try hard and it, I think the Holy Spirit allows us to 
struggle at times mm. with our spiritual gifts, and that's okay. Mm. That brings maturity. Yeah. I mean, struggling and having pain from awkward experiences and stuff like that. Like, I can't say the first time I shared Christ with someone, it was really, really great. Mm. I mean, it was just like, it was kind of awkward. And, yeah. Yeah. but would I say, like, do I find that people come up to me and share things with me? Yeah. You yeah. know, like, and I'm able to have those conversations mm. and have spiritual conversations. So my, my son, uh, he's nine years old and he's loving playing basketball right now. Um, and, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, that if we don't use our spiritual gifts, it's akin to grieving the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You might be right. Um, I don't know if I'm, I can fully that's say pretty, that. That's yeah, pretty far. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, it's just <laughs> the way that being I would, aware of that. That's more of No, a, absolutely. Yeah. But the way I would liken it to is my son's nine years old, Judah. He loves to play basketball. And, and he naturally has some basketball athletic skill, mm. which is really cool to watch. But he's still at an age where he's got to learn the fundamentals. You know, when he watches the NBA, he's watching these superstars do all kinds of trick shots and all kinds of stuff. And at nine years old, he's like, I want to do that. And so when he's practicing, he's trying all these trick shots. And of yeah. course, it's going nowhere near the rim, right? Or it's hitting off the backboard. Uh, and so what I'm trying to teach him as a father is if, if you want to continue to get better as a basketball player, you've got to learn the fundamentals. And then someday you might be good enough to do some trick shots, right? Yeah. But I, I kind of think that's the way the Holy Spirit yeah. works. He's saying, hey, have you got a gift? But you've got to hone it. You've got to build it. You've got to uh, craft it. You've got to be trained in it. And if you want to, you can use it in some crazy way um, and it might look, uh, might look good, but you, you're not going to make mm. some shots for the kingdom. Mm. But if you kind of stick to the way I'm teaching you how to use your gifts, then you'll have an impact that you, you can't really see, but, and you can't describe. It's mm. really good though. Mm. Um, I, I think that's the way the Holy Spirit works yeah. with us. He's very much of a father, mm. very much of a coach. And he, he works with us to develop the gift mm. so that it can be used with maturity for the kingdom, not our own kingdom. Mm. So that's the importance of keeping in step with the Spirit. Oh, absolutely. He's, he's, yeah. he's hand in hand walking with you. Yeah. No matter how fast or slow you're, you're going. That's, oh my goodness. I mean, you'll always have your gift. I don't think God takes your gift away. I mean, you could argue that he does maybe, but I think that he gives you a mm -hmm. gift and it's up to you and me to keep in step with him, yeah. to stay in tune with him. Because yeah. if we veer off, we might still have our gift, but now we're using it for different mm -hmm. purposes and different yeah. outcomes. Yeah, that's good. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna dive into something that we've we've talked about. We we try not to script this, right? We try to, and this is a. We actually had a short conversation, but the conversation was we're not talking about yeah, it. Until we're not. The we're not talking about yeah, it, but we know we're gonna talk about <laughs> that's it. That's okay? fair. That's fair. You you me, you mentioned Matthew seven. Yeah. Uh, in your sermon. Yeah. And I'm just gonna read it. It's verses 21 through 23. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name and even cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Um, what well, do we do with I that? Think, I think we only got yeah. like 30 seconds left <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. podcast. I right? think so, we're ready. Yeah. I think we're done. <laughs> Just no, I, 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 I've, been, I've been wrestling with it. You've been wrestling with it. I mean, <laughs> we've all kind of been wrestling with it without actually talking about uh, it. Th this has been want, the hot topic have, since Sunday. We want to have that conversation. Yeah. yeah. And so I guess the question is, um, can you use these gifts of the Spirit and not be of Jesus? Man, that was, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? And, and 
listen, I've had a lot of conversation, a lot of thought about this, and I'm going to share my thoughts. Mm. Um, I do need to preface it by saying this. I think it's refreshing to people in the church when their leaders say, I don't know. Uh, and when they say, you know, I don't have it all figured out, but I'm going to continue to learn and research and study, right? And that's, I think, what at least I've been doing over the last few days. So I would say this, I don't, I don't have the answer, but I think I'm closer now than where I was on Sunday. Yeah. Okay, so with that preface, <laughs> with that said, <laughs> yeah. with that preface, let, let me tell you what I've heard, okay? Um, that passage is coming right off the tail end of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, mm-hmm. which he pretty much describes what people who live in the kingdom of God look like, right? Mm-hmm. In other words, this is what the kingdom of God looks like when it comes out of you if you're a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I fully believe that that is a result of the Holy Spirit living and working in and through you, right? But then at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, he talks about these people called uh, false prophets, but that's a nice way of putting it. He calls them ferocious wolves, right? He says, by their fruit, you will know them. You'll recognize them. And he says, to follow them, to listen to them will be akin to um, uh, picking thorn bushes, thorn bushes um, and thistles. It hurts, it's yeah. painful, it's unfruitful. Um, and so he says, he says this, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit and bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown to the fire. So the context of the passage we just looked at is Jesus calling out fake spiritual leaders whose mm. intention is not to build up the kingdom of God, but to build up maybe their own kingdom mm. um, and actually to tear spiritual faith down. So then when I go to verse 21, I, I still ask the question, how can you do these kinds of things if you're like one of these fake prophets? How can you do these kinds of things if you're not actually saved? And Jesus says, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoer. Um, and here's, here's the things that I, I've heard and I've thought of. One thought is, um, you know, it's what they're telling Jesus in this time is, is not actually what happened. Maybe they're faking it. Maybe they never did cast out demons. Maybe they never did do miraculous powers. Maybe they're just saying, no, no, we did these things for you to try to fake Jesus out. Um, and may, maybe that's an option. Hmm. Another option is they saw things happen and they perceived it to be a miraculous thing, but it actually wasn't. Or they perceived like the way they ministered to somebody being casting out demons, but there was never a demon that was cast out. Now, these are things I heard. Here's something else. I I, I'm just so curious. So, I'm like yeah. sitting here like, I, oh, there's so yeah, much. I, I got, got questions. questions. <laughs> no, these are the things I'm hearing this week. And I, I really do appreciate everybody who spent time sending me an email and a text and a phone call. That was really helpful. And here's what I've kind of come to. It's kind of what I said earlier. Um, there's a difference between being empowered by the spirit with gifts to use for the kingdom and actually having fruit of the spirit because you've been transformed by the spirit. I think yeah. there's two totally different things. Um, and it seems to make sense because there are people who if they say, um, I mean, let's just assume for, for a minute that what they said is accurate. What if they in fact did cast out demons mm. and do miraculous things? How did they do that? Well, the only answer I can come up with is that the spirit empowered them to do that. But what if the Holy Spirit is, is allowing himself to use people who are not followers of Jesus to accomplish his purposes? I mean, if somebody says, hey, listen, I wanna, I wanna help people out. And listen, I don't like that person being full of a demon. 
uh, and the spirit empowers that person to do it. I mean, this could be, there's a lot of people that might disagree with me, but just because well, you're even performing- even the demons believe in shudder. That's absolutely. in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just- But just because you're performing for Jesus and are empowered to do that mm-hmm. does not mean that your heart has been surrendered to Jesus because you are in desperate need of, of salvation. Um, and that's where I think the fruit of the spirit is different than mm. the impact of the gifts of the spirit. And, um, and I, would, I would agree with that in the sense that the end of that verse, the evildoers, the lawlessness yeah. is always equated with the exact opposite of the spirit. Yeah, yeah. Every other place it's mentioned in the New Testament, I, I kind of did my research a little bit because I love this passage. <laughs> cheater. Yeah. yeah, cheater. It's unscripted. It's I don't a, have any notes. Yeah. I mean, here, here's looking at you guys. But uh, so um, I, think, I think the lawlessness is the opposite of the gifts of the spirit because that's why I go back to the self-control. Mm. Yeah. Self-control and in, in their is the version opposite of might say evil. So yeah, in their evildoers. version, it might say evil. Yeah, evil. Yeah, yeah. It, it might say evil doers. It might say lawlessness. Yeah. Evil doers. The the opposite of that would be self control and law. Yeah. And law mm. law lawfulness. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. it's righteousness and evil doers, and there's mm. this battle. And so like I think th- you're on to something because the gifts of the spirit are different than the fruit of the spirit Mm -hmm. and the fruit of the spirit is a result of maturity. Mm. So you combine the two of those Mm. and wow, that's what's amazing. When you have Mm. spiritual gifts and then you also have the fruit of the spirit, that's when you're being used for God's kingdom in Mm. amazing ways that we never actually can comprehend sometimes Mm. and in mysterious ways. Mm. So I I was going to weave in mysterious at some point because we were talking about the spirit and it worked. See that? (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? As you look around the world, I mean, our our worldview is so small if we just focus on our own experience. But when you understand the world around you, you recognize that God, in fact, does use people who are not followers of Jesus to accomplish his purposes. I mean, in every culture around the world, there are people who are helped in very practical way by people who are trying to help them. And who's to say that God can't use them? Um, so that's still frustrating to me because I'm looking at what these guys did and I'm thinking, man, I mean, I'm a follower of Jesus. I've Mm. trusted him for salvation, but I've never cast out a demon. At least I don't Mm. think I have. Uh, and I've never, well, maybe I have prophesied based upon the way you, you define it. Right. But I've never done a miraculous thing. At least I don't think I have. Uh, like Jesus did. And I'm like, well, why do they get to do that stuff? And I don't get to do that stuff. And I, I'm, I think I, maybe it's just for me, but I suspect if I did those kinds of things, I wouldn't really feel the need for Jesus as much. Cause I would think, man, I look what I can do. It'd be the, yeah. the driving motivation would become self and yeah. your, your own kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering, maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit hasn't stopped the more charismatic gifts. Maybe he is just preventing them in some people like me, who if he performed those gifts through me, I'd become really arrogant and be like, man, look what I can do. And I'd be like, look at me. Mm. Um, so I, maybe he's cessationist for me. Well, but I think, I think there's some truth to that in the sense that like what you see is an abuse of spiritual gifts mm-hmm. in, in the United States, but even in the church all over the world. And sometimes it very much is building kingdoms and it's mm-hmm. all financial and things that God speaks against. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the entire New Testament, what does he mention most? Money. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so like, right. and so like mm-hmm. when we use those things for his glory, he's, he's mm-hmm. excited about that. Mm-hmm. 
Like he's, he wants us to do that with our spiritual gifts. And so when you look at this passage, I just think of like, they had to be doing it for themselves. I mean, Mm -hmm. Eric, I love that you brought the context of the tree and its fruit before that, because if you take it outside that context, Mm -hmm. you'd be like, whoa, Mm -hmm. so wait, am I going to go to heaven and God's going to tell me he doesn't know me? Mm. Yeah. That's a scary thought, isn't it? Yeah. It's a scary thought that I I literally, I I remember in my twenties wrestling with my faith because of this passage. Mm. Like I was sitting here going, oh, like, is he really going to say he never knew me? Like, yeah. I'm going to do things for him, and I'm going to be a part of things for him. And mm. he's going to say he doesn't know me? Wow. Yeah, right. So, like, that was something I really wrestled with. Mm. But you know what? That, that actually leads to probably one of the more beautiful things in Scripture. And if you, if you read behind the lines of this passage, you'll see it. And, and that's the truth, that it doesn't matter how you perform for Jesus. Mm. Um, he still won't know you. What matters and what makes Jesus know you is when you trust him fully mm. and your heart is surrendered before him for salvation. Yeah. So, so salvation has nothing to do with performance. It has everything to yeah. do with a surrendered that's, heart, that's which makes salvation extraordinarily simple mm. and extraordinarily exclusive. Mm. Um, you get to be known by Jesus, um, not by the way we get known by anybody else today. And we get known by, in the world by our performance, but mm. we get known by Jesus by faith. And, and so that, that frustrating passage turned into a, a beautiful passage, hmm. actually. Interesting. Yeah. I've, I've heard it. Um, I, I was listening to a sermon kind of about this fruit of the Spirit and the, the gifts of the Spirit. And one of the things they said was um, that when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, um, you don't see a tree that bears fruit eating its own fruit. And so if you truly are operating in the gifts of the spirit, you're, you're bearing the fruit of the spirit, you're serving others, which is going back to what you talked about and how that it's all about in unity of the uh, unity of the body and all those things. And so I just think it's interesting to visualize that as we were talking about the tree and its fruit, um, a tree eating its own fruit. Like, I don't want to be that person. Like Mm -hmm. I want to serve other people with my gifts or the other picture I see is how many people have had a neighbor with a tree that's got fruit on it that just falls off the tree and rots. Yeah. Mm. You know, yeah. like I only know that because we used to buy apples mm-hmm. like seconds mm-hmm. and it's like they're all rotted and everything. Yeah, yeah. And it's like someone didn't use these. Yeah. Mm. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't actually use their gifts. No one came to take that to fruit. Take the fruit. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so in essence, we're giving away our fruit. Yeah. We can't keep our fruit. Yeah. I mean, that's a great that's, way yeah. of thinking about it, David. That's good. Yeah, very good. Well, I don't know if you guys have any other questions that kind of <laughs> popped up or anything. I mean, we could probably talk all day about this, but um, yeah, if we uh, if you do have questions, we want to hear those uh, each week. You can just text us your question to 260-250-4700. We would love to answer the questions that you may have about the sermons that are, that are preached here on Sunday mornings. Um, and we're just thankful that you're here watching this with us. And we would love if you would Uh, like this, share it uh, with a friend, subscribe to the channel, um, and we'll be back next week with another Church Unscripted.